Good morning, Moberly. It's great to see you today. Great way to start your week. It's going to be a great week because you started out in worship here at the church. Wow, it's April, which means I'm beginning my six month with you as your interim pastor. Time goes fast when you're having a good time. I'm putting the Mark verse by verse study on hold for a while because today I'm going to be talking about kindness. The message is East Texas needs a tsunami of kindness. So please open your Bibles to Ephesians 4:31. Now, one week from today is Palm Sunday, and we're going to be having the Lord's Supper in all three morning services. All throughout my ministry, I have never just added the Lord's Supper on at the end of a regular service. It's always become the central focus of the service. And so every song, everything that's done will be around the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Songs about the blood, the cross. I'll bring a message about the Lord's Supper. And then we will share the Lord's Supper together using the little single serve like we're using these days. But I promise it'll be a powerful experience. So prepare your hearts for that. Of course, two weeks from today, Easter Sunday, we have a lot going on that weekend. And our Easter greeting that day is, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, East Texas does need a tsunami of kindness. Many of you remember in 2004, there was a 9.1 magnitude earthquake in the Indian Ocean, which created a huge tsunami that spread out at speeds of about 500 miles an hour, inundating a number of seashore properties. When all the water had receded, almost a quarter of a million people had died. And you know, we're seeing a tidal wave of violence in our own nation. You know, the year the most mass shootings in America was 2019. The FBI considers a mass shooting anytime four people or more are shot. 2019 was the all-time high. Thank God for COVID because 2020, it dropped way down. But then it was up again in 2021. And if the trend is complete, 2022 may set a record just because we live in a society that is so violent. What can we do to combat this tidal wave of violence? I'll tell you what we can do. We can create a tsunami of kindness here in East Texas and around our nation because kindness really does change people's hearts. So this message today, we're going to read a scripture uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what does kindness mean, but mainly it's going to be very practical, some things you can do to show acts of kindness. In Ephesians 4.31, Paul says, Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you with all vi- malice. Now that's, that's the lifestyle of all these violent people in America. And that's not the way we should live. This is the way we should live, verse 32. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ Jesus. You know, at Green Acres, where I served for over 30 years, we've done many, many kindness projects. You know, our very first one was scheduled for 9-11-2001. We've been planning it for months. And then on Tuesday of that week, the terrorist attacks on America. But we continued to carry out our acts of kindness that week. And I can't tell you what an impact it had on the fire departments, the police departments, the schools, the people we went in and showed acts of kindness because everybody was so traumatized. And and we got so many responses from people in our community. Wow, this came at just the perfect time that I needed it. I think God knew that uh, at least Tyler needed some kindness during that week. And we've done it many, many, many times since then. And I'm excited about leading Moberly to have our first kindness week. It's going to be great. But we're not talking about a week here. We're talking about a movement. Now, I want to tell you, kindness 
always pays off. I heard a funny story about a lady in Louisville, Kentucky. She had just gotten her tax refund check and had a little extra cash. And she went to her bus stop. And before she got on a bus, she saw a man standing there who wasn't dressed very nice. And another man walked up to him and handed him some money and whispered something in his ear. And she was so impressed by that act of kindness that she decided she would duplicate it. So she walked up to him, handed him a $10 bill and said, never despair, never despair. He said, thank you. The next day she went back and the man was there. She walked up to him again and he said, here's your hundred dollars. She said, what's that? He said, your horse never to spare one at Churchill Downs and pay 10 to one. <laughs> now, when I talk about kindness paying off, I'm not talking about like that. Kindness pays off because God gets the glory and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are obeying God. So let's learn three facts about kindness, three truths. First of all, kindness is our response to God's grace. Uh, it's just us responding to the way God has treated us. It's us treating others the way our creator has treated us. There's two reasons that we should show kindness. Number one, it is commanded of God, be kind one to another. But also we should do it because God showed kindness to us. One of my favorite verses is Romans 5, 8, where it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now think about that. It could have been a transaction. God could have said, okay, repent of your sin, clean up your act, straighten up your behavior, and then I'll send Jesus to die for your sin. No, it was just the opposite. He said, while you are still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, through the years, I've had several people say to me, well, you know, I don't even believe in a God. And if it's the correct situation for a conversation, I'll often ask them, well, hey, tell me what kind of God you don't believe in. And if they'll talk with me, they'll usually talk about some kind of harsh, mean, angry, vindictive God. How could a God like that let children starve? How could a God like that not heal my mother when I prayed for her to be healed? And they just go on and on. And they're, they're almost mad at this God they don't believe in. And, and when they stop, I say, well, you know what? You and I have a lot in common because I don't believe in a God like that either. Let me tell you about the kind of God I believe in and the kind of God the Bible teaches. He's a God who is a loving father, who's full of mercy, whose mercy never ends. In fact, there's a word in the Old Testament that I love that uses to describe God. It is loving kindness, loving kindness kindness. 33 times in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that God is full of loving kindness. So do you know what grace is? You know the difference between grace and mercy? They're both powerful. Grace is God giving us what we need, but what we don't deserve. Forgiveness, pardon for our sins, a, a place in his family. Mercy, on the other hand, is God withholding from us what we do deserve. We deserve death and hell and separation from God forever and ever. And so when we show kindness to people, we're just reflecting the kindness that God has shown to us. So thank you for listening fast. Let's go on to number two because we got a lot of points to cover. Show kindness to strangers who can't repay you. Now, this is very important. 
As we talk about kindness week, I don't want you showing kindness to your family. Oh, yeah, go ahead and be kind to them. Hopefully you'll be kind to them and your friends. But it's not about showing kindness to people you already know. It is about showing kindness to strangers, those who cannot repay you. Now, there's a difference between courtesy and kindness. And hopefully you are courteous toward those you live with and those you work with and go, those you go to school with. But kindness is a definite act that somebody cannot repay you for. No, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times at Christmas time, people talk about let's exchange gifts at Christmas. Now, the word, the, the phrase exchange gifts is an oxymoron because if you're exchanging it, it's not a gift because a gift is something you give expecting nothing in return. And here's, I've heard people say this before. Well, let's see, she, she spent $40 on me last year, so I need to spend $40 on her this year. He spent $25 on me last year, so I spent $25 on him this year. Oh, she didn't give me a gift this year, so I don't have to give her a gift this year. No, we give because we love somebody and we expect nothing in return. And that's the way kindness is. You give expecting nothing you're not just paying back kindness with kindness. You're showing kindness to someone who has never shown kindness to you, might even be your enemy, and has no opportunity to show kindness back to you. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 46. He said, if all you do is love those who love you, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run of the sinner the run-of-the-mill sinner does that. Now, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And then somebody had a follow-up question, okay? Well, who's your neighbor? Is it, is it my fellow Jew that lives next to me? Is it, is it somebody on my street? Is it somebody on my neighborhood? Somebody in my apartment? Jesus said, no. I'll tell you a story. This guy went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves. They mugged him, left him half dead, bleeding right there in the middle of the road. Jewish priest walks by and passes by. Levi walks by, passes by. And then this stranger, this half-breed Samaritan who had no business being on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, stopped, dressed his wounds, picked him up, put him on his donkey, took him to a hotel, left money for him to take care of him, and then he left. We don't know if the guy ever saw this guy again. Jesus said, to who, which one of those three was a neighbor? And they said, well, the Samaritan. And he said, go thou and do likewise. See, a neighbor that needs your love is somebody that maybe doesn't live next to you. It's just anybody in need. And so that's why we ought to be showing love to kindness. And sometimes we, we look at somebody and say, you know, they don't deserve my kindness. Just by their appearance, we judge them by their appearance. We shouldn't do that. Just because somebody doesn't look like they deserve your kindness, that probably means they are a great candidate for your kindness. Here's a true story. 1956. Memphis, Tennessee. Cadillac car dealership. This strange looking guy walks up on the lot and the salesmen are all inside. And this guy looks like a bum. He's got on overalls, dirty work boots, a hat with hair sticking out of it, unshaven. And the salesman in there looking out the window, this guy just laughing. Who does this bum think he is? And they're just laughing. And so the manager finally says to the youngest salesman who's, who got all the bad assignments, he said, go out there and tell that bum to leave our lot. But this new set, the young salesman decided he would show a little kindness. 
So he walked out there as if this guy could buy a Cadillac and said, well, good morning, sir. Are you interested in a Cadillac? And the guy said, well, maybe. He looked at a certain model and he said, how many colors do you have in this model? He said, six different colors, sir. And the guy said, will you take cash or check? He said, we'll take both. This guy said, well, okay, I'll take, I'll take six of them, same model, different colors, and I'll pay cash. And that was the first time that Elvis Presley bought a Cadillac at this dealership. He went on to buy, over his career, over 200 Cadillacs from that salesman, and he gave, Elvis gave most of them away without even driving them. So this guy, this salesman, he looked at this guy that didn't look like he deserved respect, and he showed him respect. So show kindness to strangers. Here's the third truth about kindness. Kindness is planting seeds of the gospel. An act of kindness is not for the sake of kindness. You're not being good for goodness sake. You're wanting to plant a seed of the gospel because Jesus said that's what the gospel is. It's like a sower who went out and planted seeds. And evangelism is a team effort. I mean, you plant seeds and somebody else plants seeds and somebody else plants seeds until finally you come to a point where there's somebody who can bring about a harvest in the life of that person. You know, you may not know the four laws, the five keys, the seven steps, the three circles, and you may be intimidated about trying to share your faith with someone, but everybody can plant seeds of kindness. Now, there's really a guy in America who started this sort of servant evangelism or kindness evangelism movement. His name is Steve Shurgeum. And he was in Cincinnati about 30 years ago, starting a church. And he, had, he started with five people. And he got this idea, we're just going to go out in the community and commit acts of kindness in the name of Jesus and just let people know that we're trying to show them God's love in a positive way and give them some little card to let them know we're not doing this for our own goodness. We're doing this because Jesus has shown kindness to us. Well, after a few years of this, that church had grown to 6,000 people. And he wrote a great book called The Conspiracy of Kindness. And in that book, he says this, and I quote, For most Christians, doing evangelism is a lot like going to the dentist. No one really enjoys doing it, but it must be done once in a while. But anyone can do simple acts of kindness. People don't necessarily remember what they are told of God's love, but they never forget what they have experienced of God's love. And you know, that's the New Testament model. Uh, the New Testament model is planting and planting and planting and watering and watering till finally God gives the harvest. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. After all, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Paul said, I planted the seed. Apollos came along and watered it, but it's God that gave the increase. So if you could kind of picture right here in front of me a scale that goes in both directions. And this point right here is the point at which a person passes from death to life to become a Christian. All of you who are Christians are on this side. Now, some of you are kind of close here because you're new Christians, young Christians, immature Christians. Many of you are way down here because you're, you've grown as a Christian, you're maturing as a Christian. But the scale goes in the other direction as well. 
There are people over here that are very far from God. And then there are others here that are close to coming to faith in Christ. The purpose of kindness evangelism in the weeks of kindness is to move this person from here to here, hoping that somebody else will come along and move from here to here until finally they move closer to the point where they are ready to hear and understand the gospel and move from death to life and become a Christian. It's a team effort. Okay, now that's the three truths about uh, kindness, and you did a great job listening. So for the rest of the message, no blanks to fill in. I just want you to take that handout with you because it lists some good practical things to do about kindness. Now, a lot of times people say, well, you know, when I hear a sermon, they don't tell me what to do. They just tell me what to believe. Well, today it's all about this is what you can do and how you can do it. First of all, pick up your kindness card. Out in the lobby when you leave, there'll be people passing out this kindness card. Now, this kindness card is the key because when you perform an act of kindness and then you give a person this card, it says that I just wanted to show you the love of Jesus in a practical way, and it's in English and in Spanish. The other side said we would love to have you join us for one of our worship gatherings on Sunday, the Times, in English and in Spanish. Now, let me tell you the difference. If you just do an act of kindness, and if you never say anything about Jesus, or you give them a card that says you're doing this about Jesus, you're the one that gets the credit. They look at you and say, oh, what a nice person that is. I like that person. What a wonderful person they are. And you're getting the glory. Listen, friends, we want God to get the glory. Amen. Like that verse said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. No. Glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So the first thing is, get plenty of these. We got thousands of them, and we can print up some more, or you can make your own, okay? But the key is letting them know either verbally, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus, or I'm doing this to show you God's love. All right, I want to give you 10 very practical things you can do, and you can come up with some other ones. All right, number one, visit an elderly person who is alone. Now, there's a lot of assisted living facilities around us here, and you may have someone in one of those. And I'm not talking about going to see them. My wife's father was in Atria Copeland and Tyler for two years, and we went to see him every week. But we also knew that there were some people in that facility who never got a visit from anybody. And so we would often go to those people and visit them also. You just go to the lobby because now after COVID, most of them are open. You just ask the administrator, is there somebody in here that hardly ever gets a visit? And then just go and take them some kind of gift. If they've got teeth, take them cookies. If they don't, take them ice cream. Just take them some little gift. And more than anything else, just sit there and talk to them for a while. I got a great story to tell you about True Story and Tyler uh, there was a guy in Tyler named Ray Sheldon owned a hardware short store, and he also volunteered for Meals on Wheels. And he had delivered Meals on Wheels to this man in North Tyler for years. And, and Ray was uh, given a terminal cancer diagnosis. And once he got that, he got to thinking, he said, you know, I have never told this gentleman in North Tyler, Ephraim was his name, that I'm delivering his food in the name of Jesus. I just said I'm here with Meals on Wheels. So... Ray went to see this guy, Ephron, in North Tyler, uh, said, I just want you to know I've contracted cancer, and all this time I've been bringing you meals on wheels. I want to apologize because I never told you that I was doing this in the name of Jesus. 
And Ray said, this guy, big tears just sprang down his cheeks. He said, I'm so glad you told me that. Because he said, I just now finished watching David Dykes on TV. And when he prayed that sinner's prayer, I prayed and invited Jesus to come into my heart. And I wanted to tell somebody, so now I can tell you. It's amazing what God can do if you just allow him to use you. So think about where you can go this week and just show somebody that kind of kindness. That's an easy one. Number two, show God's love at the laundromat. Oh, I love this one. This was a great one. There are people that go to the laundromat every night, every afternoon, because they don't have a wash and dryer. And a lot of times they stay there for quite a while. And there are a lot of laundromats in Longview. Look at the map. I Google mapped it for you there, and you can Google map it yourself. There's, I counted at least 19, okay? Go to one. Here's what you do. You, you take a, maybe a roll of quarters or a couple of roll of quarters, and you go in there, and you just kindly say, you can even say it like this. You know what? Our church is having a week of kindness, and our pastor has told us to go out and do acts of kindness uh, in Jesus' name. And so can I, can I put the quarter in your washer and uh, your dryer? Uh, this is the time to add the caveat that we've learned through the years. There are so many skeptical people out there, so many scams out there. There are a lot of people that don't want you to show them kindness because they're afraid you're going to scam them. You need to always be saying this is absolutely no strings attached. I don't want anything from you. But if there's somebody that just refuses your kindness, don't just say, well, I'm going to be kind to you if it kills you. Okay, don't say that. Just move on to the next one. But we've always found a small percentage of people won't do that. And then if they let you do that, maybe you can just stand there with them and visit and learn a little bit about them. And, and then at the end, we're going to talk about how to have a prayer with them. And so this is a great way to do it. Our people have loved doing this. And some of them do it all the time. Okay, number three, pay for cars uh, behind you in the drive-thru. This is an easy one, okay? Number one, fast food in America's According to surveys, it's Chick-fil-A. So when you go through the Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or Burger King, whoever it is, you go through the line, you've ordered your fast food, you pull up to the pay window, and if there's a car behind you, that means they've already put in their order and it's already there in the cash register. So just say to the ca cashier, I want to pay for mine and I want to pay for the car behind me. And you give them that card and you say, when they pull up, instead of taking their money, give them this card. Then you drive off. They get that card. You talk about giving kindness to a stranger. They don't even know who you are. But they're going to read that about, I did this to show you the love of Jesus in a practical way. They're going to be amazed. All right, number four. This is almost like this. Pray, pay cash. Pay for a stranger's meal at a restaurant. My wife and I do this all the time. So you're sitting in a restaurant. There's somebody near you who came about the same time you did, maybe just a little bit later. And when the cashier brings you your, your server brings you your bill, just say, hey, would you also bring us their bill? It also always works good if it's the same server. And they bring it over there. You pay both of them. And then you give this to the server and say, when, you, when they ask for their bill, give them this. And just say, those folks over there paid for your bill. Jesus gets the glory. You don't. Okay? Number five, wash car windows in a parking lot. So, you know, we've done this before many, many times. Uh, you go to Walmart or Target parking lot, you find a, a car that looks like it needs its windows washed, and you wash all of them, the windshield, side windows, and that back window as well. And let me just say, you do a good job of it, okay? If you do a lousy job, you're hurting the cause of Christ. So good, do a good job. All you need for this is, is a black plastic bag, garbage bag, a couple of rolls of, of a paper, towels, and a big bottle of Windex. 
Now, a couple of years ago, we had the TISD convocation at Green Acres. We have it there every year. And so they had 3,000 people in our worship center, which means there were 2,000 cars in our parking lot. And so we decided about 40 of us, took us about three hours to do it. We washed every window of all 2,000 of those cars with a kindness card that we'd written on it. Your windows were dirty. We were happy to clean them, put it on, up under their uh, windshield wiper. When I, every time I talk about doing the car cleaning, I had a lady that asked me the first time, well, are we going to use holy water for that? I said, no, we're going to use holy Windex for that, okay? That's a good one. It's an easy one. And it's not in these cities like people walk up at the red light and wash your window and want to get some money for it. They're not there when you do it, okay? All right, the next one is pass out gift cards for a free meal. If you have the means and would like to do that, all of these stores have these racks and racks of gift cards for food places. So you just, you just go to one place and get like 10 or 12 for the same restaurant, and the amount is up to you. And then you just sort of station yourself out in the parking lot of that restaurant, and when people are walking in the front door, say, hey, you know what? Our church is having a kindness week this week. Our pastor told us to do acts of kindness, so I'd love to give you this, this gift card for this restaurant at no strings attached. Give them that and give them the card. That's all there is to it. All right? Number seven, pass out bottled water at a walking trail. And we used to do this at Road Rudman, South Tyler Walking Trails. But the good news is Marberly Baptist Church has its own walking trails, right? Here and other places around Tyler. I mean, Longview, here's how you do that. Ice chest, these small bottles of ice, of water. Ice it down, put it there in the trail. And as people are coming by, just say, hey, I'd love to give you a free bottle of water. And if they say, why? Just say, well, our church is having kindness week this week. This is one of the suggested acts of kindness, and I'd love to give it to you. And a card. Now, usually joggers won't stop, I've just discovered. They're, they're serious about it. But a lot of times, walkers will. That is an easy one. All right, number eight, help with the $1 car wash on May 15th. Now, our student ministry has taken on to do this $1 car wash. but They're going to do it on the Sunday afternoon, May 15th, because their big friend night is April 13th. And, and so they're going to wait until they can put a lot of time and effort into it. Let me tell you what a $1 car wash is. All of these organizations, many of them have had free car wash. Come by and get a free car wash, but then what do they want? They want a donation, okay? This is a, this one, you have a sign that says, no, no, no donations accepted, $1 car wash. And so what does it mean? After you wash their car, you give them a $1 bill. You give them a $1 bill and the kindness card. So we're going to need lots of buckets and maps and some uh, Rags and supplies and soap for that. So the student ministry will be giving you more information about that. Number nine is a great one. Help pay off medical debt. Green Acres has done this a number of times. In fact, a couple of years ago, you see, the, the, uh, we weren't looking for publicity. But, I mean, the media picks up on it. We paid for $9 million of medical debt for 4,900 families in Smith County. Well, so how did you do that? Very simple. There is a nonprofit called RIP Medical Debt that they buy up debt for pennies on the dollars. And you can give $100, and that will pay off $10,000 of medical debt. And so we've done it a number of times, and we are in contact right now. Cody Bailey is with RIP Medical Debt. Our minimum amount that we need to raise to do this is $5,000, which I think we're going to do that very easily. So here's how you do it. 
You just designate either over push pay or with your offering envelope, you write on it medical debt, or you make any checks as medical debt, give as much or as little as you want. But let me, you're going to get $100 use out of $1 you give, okay? So here's how they do it. It's not like you say, well, can you pay off my Uncle Bill's medical debt? No, we don't choose who they pay off. They have the data list, and it's based upon the amount of their medical debt, and it's done by location. So we asked for Greg and Harrison County. And it's also based upon where they are on the poverty level, people that need it the most. And then it's RIP that sends them a letter that says, your friends at Marberly Baptist Church have paid off your debt to show you God's love in a practical way. This is an amazing way to make a difference. You know, there's seven, I'm sorry, one trillion dollars of medical debt in the United States. I mean, we're the only country that has that kind of medical debt. And RIP medical debt has paid off $3 billion of medical debt. And there have been hundreds of churches who participated in this. It's a legitimate thing. If you want to check it out, you can just, you know, Google RIP medical debt. All right, number 10, just be creative with your own acts of kindness. Through the years, our members have come up with such creative acts of kindness that I never thought of. Nobody else ever, ever thought of before. So just sort of say, Lord, show me what I can do to, to show your love in a practical way to somebody. For instance, somebody told me this after a message I gave on kindness. They said, Pastor, after church that day, we went to a restaurant and we left a 50% tip for our meal and we left a kindness card. By the way, surveys among, you know, restaurant servers say that Baptists on Sunday are the cheapest people around. (laughs) One lady actually left a note to the server that said, we only give Jesus 10%. You don't deserve any more than that. I mean, how mean can you get? So if you want to leave a 50% tip or like a 100% tip, something like that, that's just noticeable, different, leave that card. All right, this week in our church, we had Austin Cooper come to talk to our staff about kindness. He did a great job, and he's the one that I heard this idea from. Ask to say a 10-second prayer for them. I'd never heard of that before. I've always asked to pray with people before, and some have said yes, some have said no, but he said that when you ask people if you can pray a 10-second prayer for them, 95% will say yes. So how how do you do it? He says, well, you say, what's your name? Bill. Bill, do you have a need in your life right now? Well, no, I've got some health problems. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray for Bill, and I pray that you will help him through this time of health need. In Jesus' name, amen. 10-second prayer. I say that because a lot of times when you ask somebody, can I pray for you, and if they don't have any religious background, they think you're going to say the Lord's Prayer, or you're going to do 50 Hail Marys, or something like that. And this 10-second prayer deal is a brilliant idea. So you give them the card. Hey, can I say a 10-second prayer for you? Okay. Folks, we're not starting a week here. We're trying to start a movement. And Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you will not lose your reward. So you know what the kindest thing anybody ever did for me? I can remember. The kindest thing anybody ever did for me was when I was a rotten Filthy, dirty sinner headed toward hell. And God showed me kindness by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for me and take my sins in his body so that now my sins are forgiven, I'm a part of his family, and I have an eternal home in heaven. That's the kindest thing anybody has ever done for me. Go forth. Let's bring about a tsunami of kindness in East Texas. Let's pray.
I know many of you in this room have already had that act of kindness and you've accepted it. But maybe you're in the room or you're watching on live stream and you have not received Jesus. You haven't accepted that act of kindness. I remember that someone led me in a simple little sinner's prayer. And not a prayer that saves you. It's the faith expressed in this prayer. So if you'd like to pray this prayer, you can repeat it after me silently but sincerely. Dear God, I admit I'm a sinner. I'll never be good enough to earn heaven. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for allowing him to die for my sins. Right now, Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. I will live for you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.